Hello, everyone. Redcoat here. And CNT here joins him. And we've got another podcast for you. Part three in our discussion of builds through the lens of Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2 and the differences between them. Yep. So if you haven't listened to the two previous podcasts, this is building on those. So I'd recommend you come back in something like an hour um, after listening to them. But uh, if you're not interested, uh, we're going to go into this in a little bit broader detail as a concept. So uh, we're going to start by looking at some of the, the stuff that came out of the Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2. Because they provided us some really strong examples of a build system that kind of works really well. And one that maybe not quite as well. But we also, like I said, are going to discuss this concept in a a bit of a broader sense as well. So it's not going to be just that. So to kind of summarize, uh, the Guild Wars 1 build system, it presented a lot of meaningful choices about your build. And it kind of centered around the questions of what does your build do and how does it do it? Whereas the Guild Wars 2 system, it attempted to address issues dealing with sort of like growing complexity and steepening the learning curve. And it also wanted to try to address issues with like bad builds and build elitism, stuff that really caused issues in with the Guild Wars 1 community and that sort of thing. But in doing so, they kind of really reduced the meaningful choices pretty drastically. And this statement of the concept of meaningful choices is very aptly put by our friend Santir. Uh, because for us, we feel that a good build system is one that has meaningful choices. But what does that mean? What does it mean to have a meaningful choice? So the idea is a choice is meaningful when the experience of playing with one set of choices is sufficiently different from the experience of playing with another set of choices, i.e. the experience of playing with character A is sufficiently different from the experience of playing with character B due to the build choices made by the player. Yeah, does bring up an important question though. What makes a set of choices sufficiently different? When you have a set of choices and you look at another set of choices, how do you tell when they're sufficiently different from each other? Um, so kind of to us, when we were discussing this concept, it's when the player has to approach gameplay differently because of those choices. But there is definitely a lot of room for subjectivity here, and different players are going to have different requirements for it sufficiently different. So we're going to kind of ask each other. So what feels sufficiently different to you, Redcoat? So when I think of sufficiently different, my best example, it's not an MMO, but the concept of sufficiently different um, makes me think if I were in a build based system, um, if I were looking at the character that I made and then another character that I made, would I be able to justify them being in two separate character slots in a fighting game? Hmm, interesting. So, like, if um, I think to the characters I make for Dark Souls, because whenever I play through Dark Souls, I make, like, five, six, maybe ten characters, and each one is intended to have a unique something about them. Now, granted, the, the systems in Dark Souls, there's some stuff about how the builds work in there where it's not quite as differentiated as, say, Guild Wars. No. Like, they don't have as many roles they can approach either, though. Yeah. But usually when I build my characters, I put them at a certain cap so that they they still retain their individuality. But the idea is that when I go to use, uh, we'll call him Marduk, my dex mage, he plays differently. I have to approach playing him differently than, say, Jemima, my faith tank. And um, when I say play differently, I mean... When I go into the same situation with Jemima that I go into with Marduk, I have to make different decisions, either based on, like, do I take the hits or do I not? 
do I block or do I not? Can I block? All of these different decisions that I have to make because I'm not Marduk, I'm Jemima, or I'm not Jemima, I'm Marduk. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I would say the other, if there's any other examples of something that I felt had a really good build system in it, um, it was the Armored Core series, which uh, I've mentioned it in the past as one of my favorite titles, um, specifically Armored Core 3. There's reasons for that. But the general gist there is throughout the game, you're getting a whole bunch of mech parts. And any given piece that you put into your mech changes how you're going to play them. I mean, it's something as simple as replacing a machine gun with a laser cannon. The way the ammo works, the fact that a machine gun does overheating instead of energy drain, or the fact that energy drain actually draws off of your reserves. And moreover, the fact that those changes reverberate through the rest of the machine. And so you have to, you have to do a bunch of different things to make it work. And so there's two levels of sufficient differentiation that happen here, where there's a differentiation in how you use the mech based on what you changed. Mm -hmm. And then there's a differentiation in what you actually put into the mech in response to the change that you made. Mm, okay. Um, that's some examples of things that did a good build system, good, did, did good builds for me. And overall, just what I think of when I think of sufficiently different. What about you on your end, Ciantir? Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on uh, upon the game specifically uh, in terms of sort of the type of gameplay it has. It has to do with um, either what I can't do or sort of like the flow and rhythm of play. You brought up Dark Souls, so I might as well mention it as well. Mm -hmm. We approach things very differently. Uh, you're very disciplined about restricting yourself. Yeah. Like when I make my first character, I kind of end up doing everything. <laughs> and so I don't have any restrictions, so my character isn't really distinct. Yeah. It actually makes me think of uh, something Mark Rosero has talked about with world building. For those that are familiar, Dominaria is the name of Magic's oldest plane and its biggest one. Yeah. And it doesn't have a great identity. And one of the things, things that he said is when you look at different properties that have worlds that they visit, like Star Wars has Tatooine as a desert world, and apparently also Jakum or something, but Dagobah is swamp world, Coruscant is city world, Hoth is why would anybody ever be here, oh my goodness, it is so cold world. Mm -hmm. You know, you got these sorts of different worlds, Magic has their own sort of worlds, right? And this gives them their own characteristic and their own sort of flair and their own sort of feel. And for me, it's the same sort of thing. A character that's everything, while that has its coolness and its appeal, when you're looking at a build system that can support multiple characters, the every character is no longer a character. Yeah. Right? They're no longer distinct, or they no longer hold an identity. It's like, whatever, they do everything. So when I have had characters where I'm like, oh, and this character doesn't have access to a bow, all of a sudden that's a big defining point, because it makes me have to approach situations where I'd use a bow without one. So all of a sudden I have to figure out what am I going to do? Am I going to allow myself to use things like throwing knives or kukri or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, firebombs, things that might substitute? Do I have access to magic that might serve as a substitute? Or when I have a boss, for example, that I, I learned how to beat it with great chaos fireball, you know, a very powerful spell, and then I don't have access to that. How do I approach it? You know, it's mm -hmm. different things like that where... I have to approach the situation differently because of some sort of restriction or other thing like that. Uh, I think also to Pokemon, for example, mm. where the sort of set of moves that any given Pokemon has really defines what that Pokemon does. So you have things like its base speed. How fast is it? How hard can it hit? Those are important. But you also have things of like, what happens if it encounters a flying type? You know, is it going to be focused on like 
ground and fighting attacks where it doesn't do anything? Does it have rock attacks? Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of coverage does it have? Does it have something like Ice Shard that allows you to be able to come in on a Dragon Danced Up Dragonite and maybe try to KO it? Yeah. Just different things of where the situation, they approach it differently. Yeah. When they encounter a scenario, the way that you handle that scenario is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm the, the Guild Wars nut, so I'm, I'm the guy who's really into it. I, when I played Guild Wars 1, when I was playing one of my monks, that monk was set up to kind of have a different feel for how I was handling the monking process versus a different monk. Or like, I have one of my warriors that's, you know, set up on things like, you know, your traditional sword, hammer, and axe, but also supporting spears, whereas the other one was set up to also potentially wield daggers. Mm-hmm. You know, had a suite of daggers that, that she carried. So these different warriors, because of their focuses being different, felt like they played like very different characters. Yeah. So that to me is sort of sufficiently different is when the sort of sequence of how I'm playing them and the process of what I'm doing, it's different between the way that I approach things is different. What I'm doing is different. And so when I go from one character to another character, I feel like my approach to playing the game has substantially changed. And just on that that note of Guild Wars, when I play Guild Wars 2, I don't get that. Yeah. I play my warrior and I'm like, okay, I'm doing warrior things. I'm using my warrior skills. And then I go and I play my guardian. I'm like, okay, technically I have slightly different skills. I'm doing slightly different things, but I am still mashing the skills that do damage on the one, two, one through five when they come up. And I'm still dodge rolling when it's time to dodge roll. And I'm still using my heal skill when my health gets low. It's the same button. It does a, a similarish sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I look at my utility skills and I'm like, Okay, these are doing a similar sort of range of stuff. They're applying the same sorts of buffs. They're applying the same sorts of debuffs. And I don't get that sufficient difference. Mm -hmm. Because the way that I'm approaching things, it's a little bit different. It's not identical. The rhythms, the sequences and stuff, not 100% the same, but not different enough to feel like I'm doing something new. Not different enough to feel like I'm approaching something in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a large part of of what it means to be sufficiently different to me. Like, it, this is actually a really interesting example that just popped in my head. Yeah. Um, Shadow of Mordor, Middle-Earth, and Batman, Arkham, Arkham City. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Arkham City because that's the one I've played the most. Yeah, yeah. But those games conceptually have a very similar combat system. Yeah. But they play so differently. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a bit of a Narvazad element to it where going around with a sword and dagger feels different than punching people out in different positions. But you have a different set of gadgets. Um, Batman has his batterings, and you technically have daggers that you can use in uh, Shadow of Mordor. But those daggers you apply in different situations yeah. to the batterings. And in Batman, you have your, your grapple claw that mm-hmm. you can use to drag enemies to you to perform attacks on them. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a bow that you can use to perform shadow steps mm-hmm. to enemies where you teleport up to them and attack them. Mm-hmm. Like, that plays differently. Even the bow in and of itself, going into slow-mo mode, like, the way that plays is different. The sort of encounters that you run into in enemies even is different, which, I mean, if they were placed in each other's systems, though... In that sort of combat, the way that you would approach things would be different between the two characters, even though on the surface they have fairly similar systems. Mm-hmm. It's actually rather interesting, this, just the concept uh, offshoot, actually, of just crossover with similar characters. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. Like, just take Batman, take the main character of Shadow of Mordor, and then take Altair and just put them all in the same game. Yeah, I mean, even if you want to talk about, like, Assassin's Creed to Shadow of Mordor, there's some similarities, right, with some of the sneaking and 
in up on things and assassinating them and stuff like that. Yeah. Assassin's Creed mechanics are totally different. Yeah. Even yeah. of themselves. And it's an, in, it's an interesting concept to say these are playing in a similar conceptual space versus these are playing in conceptually similar mechanical systems. Yeah. But yet they all feel like very different games. Indeed. And it's that sort of feeling of this plays differently. That is so important to me. Yeah, I have to heartily agree with that, especially when we get into the the concept of build systems and such, because when the whole point, well, in my opinion, the whole point of a build system is to allow you to explore it. And when you're exploring something, the real joys come from discovery. Yeah, I mean... Think about Bayonetta combining different guns and uh, other not yeah. guns. Yeah, well, guns and uh, hands giant and hammers. Hands and feet weapons, I guess. Yeah. yeah, putting guns on your feet or chainsaws or things. And if chainsaws played exactly like guns, I'd be very disappointed. I would too. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. Like a thing of like, you got a giant hammer. It plays just like the katana. Like, even imagining what that is is really hard. It it would be super, super frustrating and super, super sad. Yeah. I'm Incidentally, I'm very glad that it doesn't play that way. It is, it is in fact, a giant hammer is a giant hammer, and it's not tiny pew-pew shooters. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying in, in Dark Souls you'd say play with Smo's hammer differently than the Uchi katana? Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, I, I think most people would. <laughs> But yeah, that is um, that is a thing. Uh, sufficiently different means that there is some change to the way that you approach using it. Yeah. So uh, just kind of a, a final wrap up and in conclusion here. Um, a bad build system is one that kind of leaves the player feeling like the choices they make about their character don't really matter. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I was talking about with Guild Wars 2, it feels like it doesn't matter which profession I pick. They all kind of play the same Yeah. in, in the end. And uh, is a contrast to a, a successful or, yeah, I'll, I'll go through successful. A successful build system, it kind of leads the player to kind of have a sense of investment in their character and to feel like they're kind of uniquely theirs, that their choices really matter, that their character plays distinctly. In many ways, through this, the player has been able to express themselves in that system. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that about covers it. I certainly hope so. So uh, next week, we're going to come back around to a topic we talked about some with the MMO podcast a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Uh, And we're going to be talking about gaming communities, but it's going to be a different focus. Uh, We're not going to be talking about community management, but sort of the makeup of gaming communities themselves. Yeah. So I hope you'll join us for that, and hopefully it will be an interesting discussion. And uh, this is Cintier, signing off. And this is Redco, signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyo.